Invite your attention to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. I'd like to read verses 20 and 21 in your hearing. Simply titled this to go along with our celebration this morning, We Wish to See Jesus. John writes in his Gospel, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir... We wish to see Jesus. We wish to see Jesus. Let us bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity we have together here. We ask as we come to this time in our celebration, the ministry of your word, ask you to bless your word and anoint it, anoint this vessel, and each one of us in this room to hear and receive your word. And we'll thank you for it all. It's in Jesus' name that we ask it today. And everyone said, Amen. The Bible declares, as is recorded in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So my question I would propose to you today is why would someone leave the comfort of their home, travel 2,000 miles by camel, brave blistering deserts fraught with highwaymen and hazards and follow a star to an unfamiliar destination? There's really only one answer that I can think of and come up with, and that is simply this. Men and women have always hungered. Built into their DNA is a hunger for God and a desire to know Him. It is said one of the three most sought-out words on the Internet today is God. You see, God addresses our need to be forgiven, to experience peace and joy, and understand our life's purpose on earth. It's why primitive tribes who don't know God make gods out of mountains and gods out of trees and gods out of rocks. Because deep down, we all have a need to experience something bigger than ourselves. Someone capable of loving us. Someone capable of protecting us. And someone able to direct us. When Job's life fell completely apart, we're all familiar with the story of Job. He cried out, as is recorded in the 23rd chapter in verse 3, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. As you may recall, the ancient Greeks had an altar on Mars Hill with the inscription, as the Bible points out, to the unknown God. When Paul seen this, and he observed their worship, he told them, in verse 23 of the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. The good news of Jesus Christ is we can seek God and we can find him. By coming to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we come to know God. 
We come to know and experience God as well. The prophet Hosea called Israel back to God with these words in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. Let us know, he says, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain to the earth. So I would ask, do you wish to see and to know Jesus Christ? The prophet Jeremiah recorded these words, Jeremiah 29 and 13. And you will seek me. This is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You will find me. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I want you to notice, as you hear and experience all the various events of this particular season that we're coming into. And I want you to think about where the Magi didn't find Jesus. They followed the star to find him. And think about where they didn't find him. They didn't find him in the business world. Every motel in Nazareth was sold out with no vacancy signs posted everywhere. Not much has changed, has it? Did you know 30% of all retail sales in department stores take place over the Christmas holidays? Did you know that 50% of all parties are held during Christmas and New Year's? One out of every 10 gallons of liquor, so they tell me, is sold then as well. Clearly, Jesus Christ and His coming as the Savior has been good for business. The trouble is, for the most part, many humans prefer myth to the Master. Much of society wants a Santa, but they're not interested in a Savior. Much of today's society wants the fairy tale, but not the fact. What fact is that, you may ask? That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. As Paul wrote to Timothy, of who I am chief. The story is told of a young kid who was chosen to play the innkeeper in the Christmas pageant. And his lines were to tell Mary and Joseph that there was no room for them in the inn. That was all he had to do. Stand up there in front of the crowd, and when it came, his cue and his time was to tell them, I'm sorry, there's no room for you in the inn. However, on the night of the big event, he stood on stage, looked into the faces of the audience, frozen in fear, then smiled and announced at his cue, I'm not supposed to do this, but come on in anyway. Perhaps that's what we need to do, is tell him, come on in anyway. The hymnist wrote, room for pleasure, room for business, but for Christ the crucified, not a place where he can enter in the heart for which he died. Instead of ending this Christmas season exhausted, frustrated, disappointed, and deeply in debt, Invite Jesus Christ into your life in a greater measure than ever before. You won't regret it. 
Perhaps you are looking back with regret on some bad moves you have made this past year, but making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior is the best move you'll ever make. So do you wish to see Jesus? When Paul continued his dialogue with the Greeks on Mars Hill, he continued this thought with this, that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Paul went on to tell them, for in him we live and we move. And we have our very being. When Jesus was born, the biggest issue of the day was wanting lower taxes and a different government. I'm not saying a word. In Jerusalem, the capital we read in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 3, when Herod the king heard... He had heard about Jesus. When Herod the king had heard, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. As a result, Herod committed one of history's greatest atrocities by killing every Jewish baby boy under the age of two, just in an effort to try to destroy the Savior. And today, Jesus still forces a reaction in the hearts of men and women Boys and girls. Perhaps that's why some people want to take him out of the classroom and out of the courtroom and out of Congress. Because he does force a reaction. The forces of darkness are set on a course of trying to remove his name, his influence, and his authority from all public life. Why, you ask? Because when you do away with God... There's no higher power than yourself. So then humans get to play God. Lenin, the father of Russian communism, said this of Jesus Christ, and I quote, His kingdom is invisible. His rule is in the hearts of men, so he can't be tolerated. End of quote. As a result, over 20 million people died during the revolution in an attempt to build an atheistic state. But friends, please listen. Fighting God is an exercise in futility. And one day, the world's going to find out just how futile their fight has been. It's a battle the enemy and the human race simply cannot win. Well, why, you ask? Why, what do you mean? Paul, quoting the Old, Test- Old Testament Scripture in Romans chapter 14 and verse 11, declared this. Actually, the Lord declared it. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. To fight Him is an exercise in futility. Every prophecy concerning Jesus Christ's first coming was fulfilled to the letter. And every prophecy concerning his second coming will be filled to the letter as well. So if you want to meet him in peace, I would suggest you surrender your life to him today if you have not already, without reservation, and accept him as your God and as your Savior. Jesus declared to the people of his day while on earth, 
in John chapter 5 and verse 39. He said, you search the Scriptures. When he refers to Scriptures, he's referring to Old Testament writing. The New Testament wasn't even produced at this time. Jesus said, you search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. As most of you may know, the birth of Jesus Christ divides history into two parts. B.C. before Christ and A.D. after Christ. You see, history. Think about that now. We hear a lot about history. History is his story. His story of humanity. So with that being said, let's observe where else the Magi didn't find Jesus. Well, they didn't find him in the church of that day either. Amazing, isn't it? Teachers and theologians poured over their dusty parchments as they had done for generations. They taught their congregations that the Messiah was coming, but they failed to recognize that the failed to recognize or acknowledge him when he had arrived. Yet the Old Testament scriptures they read, the Old Testament scriptures they read were filled with it. They described his ancestry. In fact, God told Abraham, as is recorded in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 14, and I read from the NIV, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Scripture even identifies the tribe from which he would be born. The Bible tells us the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh, Shiloh meaning the prince of peace, come And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. They even describe his family of origin. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2 tells us, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, out of the descendants of Jesse, who was David's father. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. They foretold his virgin birth in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, one of my favorites. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. The prophet Daniel accurately declared the time of his birth. And this God of precision and forethought has a plan for your life as well. The only plan that can satisfy and bring you happiness. And the good news is, he comes by invitation. So I would encourage you this Christmas season not to let all that Christmas has become overrun you and miss out on the greatest blessing and the greatest privilege you will ever know to invite Jesus Christ into your life. But I've already saved, Pastor. I've been in church, but we we can still invite him in a greater measure. Let him have complete control as your Lord and Savior and friend. As we have gathered in this place this morning, Brother Dave, if you'll make your way forward, when we continue our season of celebration, of thanksgiving, and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring salvation and hope to a lost and dying world, Let's invite Jesus Christ into our lives in a greater measure than ever before. 
And by doing so, it will amaze you what God will do in and through your life. And the effect it will have on the world around us will be utterly astounding. Because he is still the only hope that the world has today. Would you stand with me this morning?